0: Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. There has been plenty of rugby this week, no shortage of headlines, um, but it all just feels a little bit weird, doesn't it? Yes, Let's try and get to the bottom of this. I, have you ever known a Lions tour quite like this one?
1: No, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. What's really weird is that right from the very, very basic, what do you mean you've changed the kickoff time? <laughs> it, you so know odd, all these it? things are so strange you know the fact that you know wales are sending out emails last week say uh saying we've confirmed the kickoff times for for the autumn internationals uh and you're going well about time too and that, it's not until like you know th- for months to come but but you 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 literally uh you know we're swapping messages on whatsapp on Wednesday going, uh, right, so why is, is there What's a game? Happening? Is there a game?
0: I mean, yeah, this obviously the the major the major stories that we've got to contend with this week. Uh we've got two Lions games against the same opposition to pick the bones out of. Uh we've got Finn Russell's injury and Marcus Smith's call-up to look at. Uh, we've also got a Wales draw against Argentina against this only dawned on me right towards the end of the game, another 14 man uh, opposition to to pick the bones out of. So we'll be getting to grips with, with all of that. But I do want to start with the Lions tour because it even feels like Sky are phoning it in. Do you know what I mean? Like the normal, that the hype that you have, and I know there's not the crowds there and you'd have, you know, you'd have Scott Quinnell, uh, you know, like running up and down the touchline doing his, you know, doing his thing and Everything about it just feels a little bit odd, even to, I know Miles Harrison's ill and, and recovering, but it, it doesn't feel right without Miles Harrison commentating on it. You know, it just, everything feels, where's Barnes in all this as well? Because Barnes isn't commentating, is he? It's all, everything just feels a tad odd to me, like right th- from from stuff like that through to obviously the, the fact that there's no crowds and and we're having kickoff times changed. So, yeah. I mean,
1: I, yeah, Sky Sky are pretty bulletproof, like you say. You kind of know what you know what to expect and you know you almost one of the things i guess is one of the great great appeals is the fact that they you know exactly what you're going to get you know and in this kind of weird broadcasting era where you've suddenly got premier sports turning up and you've got people uh, even in the even in let's just say it the football and leave it at that even in the football you get pundits kind of uh, you know there's none of that kind of obviously it's been over the period of years now that that punditry is uh, pe- people have just swapped channels and changed that and sky's always been pretty good isn't it at, at just what we have we hold you know mm. it's the same it's the same formula since 1997 pretty much probably probably even earlier it's um yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if it's just they've lost their
0: enthusiasm for rugby because this is all they've got. But then, ordinarily, you'd think they'd be funneling everything into this because it's the only rugby they've got, and it is such a special event. But I, I kind of I don't know if it's a direct result because the tour feels weird because of the the disruption that coronavirus has caused, or the um the fact that there's so much other sport especially the Euros going on at the same time but it's it, I don't know it, it just feels like it's it's not getting that same level of hype that Sky would would normally put behind a Lions tour
1: yeah I, I but it must be can you imagine actually being part of the production team mm. uh, obviously the faces on the in front of the screen are doing what they can but it it must be chaos behind behind the scenes because they they'll send oh my god the quinell fan van thing, man, it's just so cringe. It's beyond, isn't it? It really, really is. And that's just that's almost indicative of how lame um everything is. But I do feel it must be they must be running around behind the scenes, and then at the same time, they they're probably saying in the earpieces of the presenters, "Look, it's just normal. Just carry on. It's just normal." Because I think they they can't afford to say, "Well." This is absolutely mental. They they can't do that, can they? Because Sky doesn't do that. They do product, product, push the product, push yeah. the product, and they can't sit there and kind of go. Obviously, they they have. You know, they ask questions about the credibility, but they can't really, they can't be seen to be undermining it because it's their product. I mean, this is it. This is, you know, this is the organisation that has
0: made you get excited about West Brom Fulham on a one o'clock on a Sunday. You know, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the the Friday night, Monday night football that, you know, that whole Monday night football, thing, that, there was no real reason. They, they were always, not always, but often they were dud games. You know, it was, yeah, you know yeah Fulham versus Aston Villa or something with very little riding on it and but they turned it into that thing just by almost just banging you over the head with it and going Monday night football this is brilliant Monday's a terrible night of the week and here's some football to make everything better and here's Andy Gray or Gary Neville to to uh, put far too much analysis into into the weekend's football and it worked And, and this time around it's just like even Sky can't can't Get, can't whip you up into a into a frenzy and I, again I don't know if it's just that cliche of it being the fans but everything about the tour is
1: weird at the moment and well Wednesday sums it all up yeah, doesn't it It does people wearing shirt the wrong shirt <laughs> when have you ever seen a professional rugby game where, where like the number you know your outside half hasn't got a shirt number and you're you're right wing is wearing a number 10 and that I mean absolutely I genuinely they, did doing... that thing
0: because I, I watched that with um because it was early on they scored that first try and I watched it as I was like making a cup I hadn't put my glasses on yet and I was like geez Farrell had a turn of pace there without realizing that without realizing it was Lewis three Summit it's just yeah it, everything about that was so so strange
1: um, and it must be it must be Again, if you think it's bad for the production team, what must it be like for the squads themselves? I mean, I know that they're primed and ready for action at a minute's notice, but they're not, though. They're not.
0: The, The man I feel most sorry for, and I've said this a couple of times, in all of this is Jason Leonard, who just must have had it earmarked when he got the gig. He sold it into the wife. He's like, look, I'm going to be away for, there's going to be a load of, a load of dinners and the build-up to it that I'm going to have to make myself available for. I'm going to be away for five weeks with the squad. And you, in his head was just thinking, this is going to be brilliant. And, you know, this is what he's, this is what he's ended up with. Give, give it to him next time. Give it to him next time. I, in fact, the same squad of players, we have to take the same squad of players. Everyone who has gone this time gets to do it all again uh, in, in four years' time in Australia because this one just doesn't, doesn't feel like it counts
1: at it's, the moment. It, it, I mean, it, it's, it must be quite challenging for the players to, to you know, suddenly be jettisoned into a team or suddenly... It, 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 this is almost like the complete antithesis of modern rugby, isn't it? Where you're probably preparing diligently for, for every eventuality on the pitch but none of the eventualities of what we're experiencing off the pitch. So do you think do you think that it it's bringing something out of certain players and then, or are they just machines? You know, are they? Are, is there a? It's almost if you think about the Tour de France, for instance, everything is so strategic and tactical all the time, and then you get crazy things happening, uh, which is happening on the tour as well, which is just it adds to the whole lunacy of last week. It was like, what is going on? Um, and do you think that certain players are more adaptable and would because I, or, or do you just think they're I, just they can I, just play, they can just play and they can play given any given circumstance
0: firstly, Murph will be gutted that we've started talking about cycling and he's not here um secondly i I just think it's impossible to say at the moment, given the opposition that we faced you know the the first game, obviously Japan was a slightly different thing because it was over here, but just too powerful for Japan you know you picked a massive side and it blew Japan away, and obviously every, all the injuries and everything that went with that then you had the uh, the first game against the the Sigma Lions, and they were the we- they're the weakest side that we'll face the whole time, and it showed. Then you you kind of blew the Sharks away midweek because they'd been playing Curry Cup rugby five days before. They put a better show together on on Saturday, but that I don't I can't figure out if that's the the kind of test that we usually have, you know, the early stage jitters, or just that it's too hard to find club sides. Sean of internationals that are good enough to give the Lions a warm-up game in this day and age. New Zealand is is probably different because of the, the strength in class, but you think back to the last Australia tour and we were thumping sides, you know, when you're playing the combined counties 15 or whatever and you're thumping them by 200 points with Shane Williams on the wing, you know, it's, it's all, um, I, I, I kind of wonder about that bit. The weirdness of this has made it all a bit existential and I just kind of start thinking like, what is the future for the Lions? Is it about playing touring teams, or would we be better off playing, you know, on a tour to Australia? Do you play Tonga and Samoa and and Fiji as as warm up games because they are sides that play together? They will have their internationals. And um, it just, yeah, it feels. I, I don't think
1: you can say whether
0: those players have been able to adapt or not because of the quality of the opposition.
1: Yeah, that's a good point actually about the idea of. Revising because you don't want it to be just test matches, do you? You you just no. can't do that. No, you can't. You can't. You, you, you can't prepare just for test matches, and they are. It's it's so. I mean, maybe that's another thing about the the, the media coverage, or the, certainly the Sky coverage, is that the punditry is almost impossible as well because you don't really know what's what what you're what's working and what isn't. I mean, obviously there are certain players who've put their hand up for selection, which is the always the thing that we that is that's what we obsess about at this point, isn't it? That's the narrative is which players are doing that. Which we love as well, right?
0: That's the the beauty of the tour game. That is the beauty of the tour game. Who whether it's John Bentley or Tim Rodber or I'm trying to think of a more recent example, but that's the bit that we, you know, that's the bit that we love is a player just getting hold of it and, and getting that opportunity, and I think that is what makes it special. I, I'm trying to think back. There was a book, um, possibly. Uh, there's like one of the history of the lines. It might be Clem Thomas, I think, and they interview McGeekin in there and talking, and they talk to him about 2005, which he was on there as like a midweek coach, wasn't he? I think, yeah. and he said that the The thing was splitting the camp you can't take a touring camp uh you know a midweek team and a test team and expect there to be harmony and the midweek team to not feel aggrieved because that's been the the beauty of alliance tour the whole time is everyone has the opportunity to get two starts and to to stick their hand up and you might be able to do enough you might not And, and i do think that bit is important but it is also like you know. I, I looked at doing Van der Merwe tearing it up in in both these games. He looks terrific, but then part of he's going to go back to my forced horse racing analogy. Is this a Tuesday at Foslas or is this you know is this a, is this a, a trial at Cheltenham? You know, how good is that form? I don't know, and that that's kind of the beauty of it. But you think the safe bet is to go for is to go for Watson, but part of you goes, God, I'd love to see Van der Merwe get a go because he is terrifying
1: defenses at the moment. Yeah um random qu- random uh, thing did you know that Clem Thomas ran a butchers in Mumbles in Swansea i did not uh was it good uh i yeah fine you know not not uh, it's not quite kind of like it was pre pre uh back when you used let, to get your meat from the butchers anyway yeah, yeah. rather than rather than this is an artisan <laughs> uh you know this 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 chorizo was was <laughs> was you know, was made in 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 Monmouthshire. You know, with uh, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it wasn't quite. It was. You know, th- th- that's what butchers are these days. It did, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have
0: a barista in there or selling uh, selling artisan pastries alongside. Uh,
1: no, uh, alongside no, no, no. It George. wasn't that. Was not that's not the mumbles. That was not the mumbles vibe of the nineteen eighties. I can tell you. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Clem Thomas, but it's an excellent
0: book and it charts, you know, it charts the whole history lines up to about 2000, yeah, up to 2009 maybe, but it's really good. Um, But there we go. Yeah, so, I mean, we we should come on to talk about the stuff on the pitch and it has been odd and I think that to go back to that point about players putting their hand up, the one area for me that I just think is is nigh on impossible at the moment is back three. Like if you were to play the tests tomorrow, and they're not far away anyway, but even if there were no warm
1: up games, how on earth do you pick a back three out of out of those six six players? Yeah, because every time you see, uh, even in Saturday's game, I thought it was interesting because you could see Hamish Watson. Uh, there's always the. The, the suggestion obviously r- rampages through uh six nations defenses and then everybody's going yeah but it's the same as the Sam Simmons argument you see him coming up against the massive springboks and it will be a different story but again he, he there were moments when he maybe lacked Lacked the kind of dynamism that we've seen and then there were moments where he was amazingly dynamic so uh, i think it's for me uh, after saturday was all about feet it's all about feet it's like courtney laws has a little bit of foot movement you know obviously toby we know that's his thing is like you know it's not just running straight into and even with the second rowers johnny hill is just going to run straight into somebody and and you know but burn and laws and those people are just able to stay on their feet for just that split second more to be able to so that so that support can get and they can get quicker ball out of the rucks that's that seems to be the thing for me i'm obsessed with that at the moment
0: uh, I, was, I was talking about the back three rather than the back row actually but let's stick with that let's stick with it because I think you know you're, you're absolutely right it's another position that and you, you've touched on the second row there as well it's you know there's there's so much competition for places and largely everyone's playing well you know there's not there's uh, you know there's, I, I don't think you could look at too many players I mean Elliot Daly was man of the match yesterday and made the I, I actually I thought he was excellent to be fair but he made the the most bizarre mistake I think I've ever seen, or in the last 10 years in an international, where he just completely forgot how to pass. Um, I think you know, I, th- I think he's got a great, a great opportunity to start. But there's not been those moments where you think so and so's had a bad game, they're not gonna they're not gonna through it. Possibly Gareth Davis, I thought I I I that's
1: who I was gonna say. Um Murph's Tommy Price would have been <laughs> uh, would have been the the beneficial he was the beneficiary of of yeah, of uh, Saturday's game I think really you just think that there's an opportunity there's definitely an opportunity for him to Gareth Davis to just did struggle didn't he
0: yeah I, there are times when he he can look really really rusty Gareth Thomas and I think uh, Gareth Thomas Gareth Davis mm-hmm. and post the 2019 World Cup I don't think he's quite hit that same match winning form but he is one of those. I think Greenwood pointed it out when he threw that intercept pass. That was a Gareth Davis special, wasn't it? He's exactly, you know, he's made that thing his own of floating around in the back line and picking things off and making what can be match-winning tries, not just through that, through sniping around the break. So I wouldn't write him off, but I would say he's very much the third the third choice scrum half at the moment. Whereas I think the other positions, I think, I think like we said, Bigger looks looks nailed on to me, yeah. particularly with Russell getting injured. I can't see... I can't see Farrell being able to prove, you know, to crowbar his way in at ten without. They an were injury. desperately
1: trying to persuade everybody that that was a possibility, weren't they, on
0: Wednesday? I'd completely forgotten he started the first test in in 2017 at ten, um, yeah. and I think he's, I think he's, uh, I don't know, yeah. you know, like we said, he he looked really, really poor there when he played for England in the.
1: There was just one kick, I think, that he made on Wednesday that you just thought that was a part... I know it's really harsh because they've got split seconds and there was one kick to the wing instead of putting it through the hands that I just thought that was almost an Eddie Jones play that that Gatlin would have gone, whoa, 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 no. um, It just felt like... It just does, I think... Oh is it fair to say that because he's played so much time at 12 that there's maybe just that little bit of he doesn't have the authority he's t- I that, think he um, I think he is a 12 isn't he like you know you've
0: I, I don't know to me he just looks like a 12 now because yeah since that since that period of time he's only played international level really you know nine times out of 10 he plays at 12 there's been the odd occasion where he's been he's been picked at 10 and again for a test match I don't think you can I don't think you can really thrust him into there. I, you know, I still think what I will say about Farrell is, you know, he's not perhaps the most I know A, I know he's not particularly popular in Wales and I kind of you know I kinda get that. I I don't think that, you know, obviously that won't factor into anyone's consideration for the for the actual selection. He's not perhaps the most exciting player to watch, but one thing you can say is he's a he is a big game player. He's got a great big match temperament, which clearly runs in the jeans you know you think back to the the performances and keeping his cool in in the test series in in 2017. In 2013 likewise you know he he was there and um and did an admirable job in the squad and then that that World Cup semi-final you know against against New Zealand he showed up and put in big big performance so he is a big game player but I just think at the moment he's yeah he, there are there are players at both 10 and 12 who I think uh are, are um are considerably ahead of him.
1: Let's go back to the back three then. So mm. if if you were, you know, pick your three now. So my three before the tour were Watson
0: on one wing, Liam Williams on another wing, and Stuart Hogg at fullback. Now, I think they are probably the three most proven back three players at test match level. I know Stuart Hogg, ha- you know, hasn't started a test for the Lions I don't think. Um, But I think he is comfortably good enough to do that. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's banging form from the Six Nations. Liam Williams and Anthony Watson, likewise, I've got no questions about either of those. The the headache has come from the fact that Josh Adams has scored two hat tricks. Duan van der Merwe has scored six or seven tries already. Um, and it's just it goes back to that earlier point of how much weight can you put on these on these early performances. Because if it was based solely on the form of these, then you'd have Adams and Duan van der Merver on the wing. And that's before you even look at Louis Re-Samet. So I if he picked that starting back three that I'd mentioned there of Watson, Williams, and Hogg, I would have no qualms with it whatsoever. But likewise, did the one I think who is who is knocking down the door at the moment is Van der Merwe because I think he does offer something very different. Josh Adams is brilliant and he's a wonderful finisher and actually did a great job at fullback. But I think he he's in there on the strength of the fact that he's a brilliant finisher. But they all are. I think you know if you have any of those players on the wing, you'd back them to score in a in a in a kind of one-on-one or a proper try scoring opportunity. Whereas van der Merwe, I think he comes off the wing looking for so much work. He can bump players. He's looking to offload. His speed is great. He's looking for space. He's the one I could see at the moment, uh, dislodging someone who it would be. I'd be tempted to say Liam, but at the same time, when you're playing against the box and they're raining the ball down from 80 meters in the air, is there anyone else you'd want underneath it? So I don't know. I, long way round it i'm going for my original back 3
1: yeah well i would have i would have said exactly the same in before the tour and it's it's interesting that again uh punditry on sky they're pushing Zamit really hard uh it's obviously greenwood's got a lot of love for him uh and van der merwe just wonder whether again defend, defensively I guess is the thing that they're going to yeah they're gonna wonder you know because obviously the South African wingers are gonna be quite scary. I think that's but, it. Who do you back to have
0: you know to the mark, complete game, Colby and the pimpy. And I think that again Liam would Liam and Watson would probably have the edge over Van der Merwe in
1: that scenario. Yeah. Um, and Liam on Saturday looked like he was just desperate to get into the game and for some one reason or another, he just he just it didn't happen. You know, the the ball kept on going to Daly all the time. Daly couldn't have had more ball in a game. And Harris got tons of ball as well. But um Liam just didn't seem to to get into the game as much as he really desperately looked like he wanted to. Apart from the telling contribution of
0: uh, of taking an elbow to the head in an old school cheap shot from, oh, yeah. from Hendricks, uh, which what was it? I saw it for I, you know, I saw it as it happened, and it's like they, they're going to have to have a look at this. You just think what? And and the fact that they kept panning back to him on the bench with his head in his hands afterwards is just oh. one of those stupid rush of the blood moments that you might get away with in a Curry Cup game, but you won't get away with in a Lions tour game, and they will banging the game. They wouldn't have won it, I don't think, but they were banging the game up until that point. You just think the stupidity of flying in with an elbow to the head given the current climate. Again, yeah. you know 1997, you get away with that. You yeah. Know, and and you might even get a rise out of the Lions and and it benefits you. You don't get away with that in
1: 2021. No, not at all. It was mad. It just looked like it was it was just I suppose it sounds awful, but if you're going to take a cheap shot, make it make it happen, you know, uh, make it really make it a really cheap shot. It just felt yeah. like it was just a pointless cheap shot. Yeah. He's um, also, I was a bit perplexed by the fact that he looked like Donald Glover, you know, Childish Gambino. <laughs> so it was like having Childish Gambino had been red carded. It just felt wrong. It, you just, you know, it very, I got this kind of cross-cultural, what, eh? He looks. He just looks like Donald Glover. Um, but there we are. That was just me.
0: I know. There, I get that. I get that completely right. We're going to have a look at, uh, at the remainder of that game. We're going to look at the Wales game and we're going to continue to have a look at who is, in inverted commas,
1: putting their hand up for the Lions. But first, we're going to take a very quick break.
0: Welcome to the second half of the Attack in Scrum podcast. You mentioned Elliot Daly just before the break there, and, and I, I said, you know, there was a that very strange mistake that he made. Otherwise, I think he is making a really big impression on this tour as to offering something very different in the centre. Centres is a fascinating one, isn't it? Because I think we all expect there to be a real power game in the centre, but the opportunity to have someone who's a, a playmaker and a footballer offers you a big, a big left peg, uh, both out of hand and from the tee. God knows whether these games are going to be played at altitude or not. I've given up guessing, but I do think he is he offers something completely different to all the other centres in there, doesn't he? And he's yeah, uh, yeah he's taking a real claim. There's,
1: it feels to me like this is there's a touch of it may be this, uh, going back to what you said about not knowing how good the opposite, well, kind of knowing how good the opposition are not very good. Um, that p- perhaps I hope it's not us luring ourselves into our romantic uh, sort of romanticism of of let's check the ball around. But one of the things I loved was seeing bigger miss pass and then to daily and then miss pass. And we were getting the ball to the edges really really well at times obviously there was that one daily complete complete ridiculous uh moment but apart from that I just really loved the fact that we were stretching the opposition but I just again is that just because they were able to they were able to find the time to make those to 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 make those passes but it felt to me that that bigger and daily had something going mm. on uh, and Chris Harris did his job really well, and that could be Bundy doing that doing that job too. You just don't know. But I well, would or, agree, hen- or I Henshaw would for that matter as well. Yeah, like, if Henshaw if Henshaw gets fit, obviously. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think that I think that's the thing is if if Henshaw if Henshaw is fit, I think he's still probably the the front runner to get a centre berth because he could he could play either. But I could see. I think if everyone is fully fit and in form, I could see Henshaw and Daly being a really potent centre partnership, offering bigger that, you know. I know we kind of talk about Henshaw being a crash ball merchant. I do think he has more than that, but he yeah. is he is obviously physical and robust, and you're going to need that against South Africa. Uh, but Daly just offers something to unlock defences and and a good a good kicking option. I mean, it's inspired, you know almost as if he should have been playing 13 this whole time rather than rather than uh, a fullback what are you saying Jeff I, it, it went through my head numerous times Murph's expression of Gatland slap slapping Eddie Jones in the face with a wet fish and it does it does feel like that you know every time you watch in there you know that that one bizarre mistake aside uh there's yeah there's just a there's an excitement in there and I think I don't know I think it's a little bit of a misconception that Gatlin just wants to play. And I think that's why he hates all that Warren Ball stuff so much, is that I think that's the game plan he chose to play with Wales for so long because that's that's the players we had at our disposal. You know, we didn't have a proper footballing 12 or 13, really, other than hooky. And again, he played hook in there for a while. And he did a, you know, he you think back to there was a game at Twickenham where he had like a Phil Bennett handoff that he scored. And there was a time when I thought you know, hook might've got that run in the center. But other than that, when he, when he settled on Robertson Davis, you knew what you were going to get was, and then Hadley parks and those kind of players. But that's that, I think that's why he played that, that game is he knew we had a physical pack. We had um, physical, uh, you know, physical um, centers, even physical back three players, they were the best players, so that was the best game plan to get out of Wales. I'm not saying he wants to throw the ball around like you know, like the like the Japanese side do, but I do think that Gatland likes to have players in there who you know, if 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 there was Elliot Daly knocking around in 2008, 2012. I think Gatland would have picked him if he thought he was good enough. So I think it's a little bit of a misconception that he just wants to play stuffing up the jumper rugby. I think he yeah, wants to play I physical, agree. intense rugby, and and that includes room for a playmaker.
1: I agree because I also think that that's his the rationale for the back row again is is, it, it I think Gat, the thing difference between our perception of Gatland and the reality I think is that he, I think. the one thing you've got to be able to do is defend really well. And then if you are able to be a really good attacker, as so again, with the back row, it's about, he wants them to be quick. He wants them to be speedy. He wants them to open the game up. Um, But as long as they do the other stuff, well, so there is a, the the basic criteria criterion is do your, do your work. It was right back down to the days when he wouldn't pick uh, Hibbard for a while because he wouldn't do the work in defense and he wasn't a rucking too. Do you remember that that sort mm-hmm. of argument? Um, and then he, it was such a compelling performances that Hibbard put in that eventually they they had to relent. But, yeah, and he, he picked him for the Lions as well as for... Yeah, as well as for yeah. yeah. But I think that, that, that it, as long as you... Put, as long as you're able to do the stuff that you're supposed to, the bread and butter stuff of defending um, st- strongly, then he, he, he's happy for you to be expressive and open, which is why, again, where where, where someone like Liam comes in again I still can't get over it when when they put those shots of them on screen when they do the team and the team is and there's a full shot of Liam with his bandy legs and his and his slightly oversized arms and his tiny frame you just think how does how does he do that How how does he do what he does but but that's that's a classic case of Gatlin going, well, he can do all the stuff that I, the nitty gritty that I want him to do. But he's also a tremendous, uh, a tremendous play heads up player as well. Yeah. I,
0: yeah, he is. And the other interesting thing I think about the game is... You know, there's, we're not going to, even if the Lions had their best ever performance in the history of the world, you're not going to put 70 points on South Africa. So obviously the tries and stuff capture the headlines, but there are certain moments in that game that I think hold together as, as interesting pieces. There was a brilliant cover tackle from Chris Harris, which has become a, a theme from him again. You know, there was he did some excellent stuff uh, in the Six Nations, particularly against France, where it was a last ditch scanning across the line. I've got him, bang, crucial tackles, and there was there was at least one of those yesterday. And again, it's those kind of things that in a test match, a line break, if you can shut it down, then it has a massive, massive impact in a game. You know, you if if we make those errors that we did yesterday, the the daily one, the Gareth Davis one. Oh, I'm sure there's a couple of others. I forgot most of the tries came from errors. But if we do that, then we will be, the spring arcs will be out of sight. You know, you won't be catching them. So I think it's more telling those little bits of um, whether it's a key turnover or a really interesting tackle, you know, a really important tackle. They're the bits that I think are quite interesting and will have kind of caught the eye of, of all the
1: coaches. I think Daly just smacks to me of a, the perfect person to cut, bring in off the bench though. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean,
0: obviously, yeah. the the fact that he covers he covers everywhere from eleven to fifteen helps with a with a bench spot. But then you think if I don't know, yeah. Do you put him? I guess he goes as as twenty three cover, which then means you've got another one of Reece Sammet or Van der Merwe or yeah. uh, or Liam Williams or Josh Adams missing out, which is just it. I mean, the the strength and depth is incredible, and I think that's almost why. Perhaps we're not seeing as heated a debate this time round about selection. Maybe it's just the fact that there's other stuff going
1: on, or maybe it's the fact yeah. that I'm trying to boycott social media a bit. But it's it's the uh, same, I think, with Cowan Dickey, and it's the same with Courtney Laws. They, it's almost these players are just they're fabulous. Yeah, they are. Um, Cowan friends? Dickey looks looks just in the form of his life. But they, the danger that they, the danger that they. Uh, Present to the opposition when they come in, come off the bench, just seems almost too compelling to start them. And I can yeah. see George starting, and I can see, you know, Atoji and another starting, and that Laws is on the bench. Second row is an interesting one,
0: and you're right. I mean, I, I think Laws has
1: been impressive,
0: and I am a I'm a big fan of his. Obviously, tyke Byrne is very much being considered as a six, yeah, and. The one thing that's interesting they mentioned it yesterday is perhaps the driving line out hadn't really fired, no. and obviously they' they picked up a couple of tries yesterday. But from a line out perspective, this is where I kind of think Adam Beard could well stake a claim, and that would be an eye an eyebrow raising selection. but I also just think like particularly from a defensive point of view, I'm not sure there are too many others who do it. As well as he does, I think he's, you know, he is like that charterist totem pole in the middle, stake in the ground, arms all over the top, but he he stops things moving forward. And I think that's
1: massive. I think he was the, he was my standout player in the Wednesday game Mm. but that was probably because my my expectations of him were not as high and I thought it'd be great if he has a good game he didn't have a good game he had an outstanding game and he showed soft hands he 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 so much he did so much donkey work around the defensively around the around the edge of the ruck and things he was just really really good
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he was. I was I was mighty impressed with him, as I was with Henderson as well. I just think that Henderson, yeah. I don't think, gets enough credit for for what uh you know, again, obviously a lot of people were upset, a lot of Irish fans were upset that Ryan didn't make the tour. But I just think in terms of Irish locks, who I just think don't get the credit they deserve, it's it's Henderson for me. I, I think he's he just does so much, so much donkey work, uh, and there's plenty of dog in there, Yeston as well. Which, yeah, you know, dog, dog, dog. We, we, you know, I, I like a bit of dog in a in a second row, and it's yeah. He, I don't know. I just, it's it's almost impossible. Whoever you pick, I think toji has to be has to be in there. You know, was it was it a stomach upset or something that kept him out? I'm not sure. I'm not
1: sure. I, yeah. really not sure. I just, yeah. nowadays, I just, I just don't even ask anymore. I just, well, no, I mean, well,
0: yeah, when you got Toby coming off the bench as, you know, as outside half cover, it's, um, yeah, you do kind of, you do kind of forget what, what ailments certain players have got, but.
1: Yeah. And we were all hoping that, uh, that once Finn Russell was on, that, you know there will be a problem at scrum half, and then suddenly it was going to be. Obviously, Elliot Daly ended up doing it on Saturday, but I, I was on the Wednesday. We were all like, "Kind of, come on, give it a Ken." Yeah. You know, would oh, do <laughs> it. He would do it. I, know. I um. I seem to remember this is
0: like uh, going back twenty years. Uh, Australia playing the Barbarians, and it was like a, it was a Wednesday night game, last game of the tour. And I'm pretty certain they picked Totai Kefu, the number eight in the centre, uh, and him doing a pretty admirable job in there. Uh, part of me was thinking Toby could play inside centre. We know he's got the physicality and he's got the footwork. Just and he's he's quicker than people credit him for. What you know, I would have liked to have seen that at one point. Just Toby getting a getting a go, reminiscent of Mike Phillips playing in the centre in uh, at the end of that third test in 2009. I, there is there is something joyous about watching players on a Lions tour play out of position
1: yeah and randomly again, we were talking about um the fact that Craig Mitchell, you know, who played <laughs> prop, is now turning out for I've got a a, a friend a, a rugby mad friend called Claire who uh is from tonner um you know outside Neath, nice, and that Craig Mitchell is now uh now playing 10 for for after after very that after a quite a colorful career in life. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. He's you know, certainly slimmed down, and uh, yeah. I mean, impressive.
0: maybe that was it. Maybe that was all the the frustration in there. Was you know he's been played out of position all this time, and he was just a, an outside half screaming to get
1: out of the tight edge. As, as, the as a as a really really sluggish back row forward slash second row, just because there wasn't anybody else who was remotely around six foot, I can sympathise with that because I spent all my time. Trying to perfect Bryn Mawr Williams' reverse pass in my garden, which obviously wasn't great. And uh, it certainly that, that's what I always wanted. I remember gathering the ball from kickoffs and trying to spiral the ball straight into touch and, and people saying, stop that now. You know, this I is not how we do this. Poss- possibly
0: my finest moment on a rugby field, of which there have been very, very few was an under twelve game, under twelves game, I think. And I was playing flanker and the ball was bobbling around at the uh, at the back of a at the back of a line out. And I picked it up with my back to with my back to the opposition line and put in a a, a Robert Jones a Robert Jones kick as I called it then. It wasn't called a box kick in those days, I don't think. And just hoofed it and then turned around and to my surprise it, it it went perfectly because I didn't spend my time messing around in the park in the garden doing doing donkey work clearing out at a ruck I spent it messing around doing uh yeah doing doing kicks like that because it was more fun so yeah one of the very few times uh where, where anything like that paid off yeah, so yeah, yeah I think that's it we're all we're all frustrated halfbacks playing uh playing out of position aren't we at heart um yeah. talking to halfbacks we should talk about Wales now uh yeah, in the, in the, in the spirit of odd games, watching uh watching the Millennium Stadium decked out in Argentinian decor because it was technically their home game, uh, certainly ranks as things that prior to twenty twenty we'd have thought were odd. But um, another odd game, another sending off,
1: and and a draw. Like what? What the hell was that game about? It was extraordinary, wasn't it? It th- sometimes you realise just how hard rugby is. Hmm. And I think the first forty minutes in particular made you realize just how difficult how how brilliantly uh, professional players make the game look mm-hmm. and how the, the 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 thin line between organization and chaos where uh, that kind of cliche about you could throw a blanket over the over and that's what you want in your forwards where you want them all to be and there were more holes in particularly up front gaps and holes and no no sense of cohesion in any way shape or form and then the nine and ten just got absolutely wiped out time and time again because of it so Sheedy looked like he didn't know; he didn't have the faintest idea of what he was doing. He was looking outside, and it's like there's no backs there. Where are the backs gone? It was almost like they'd gone for a cup of tea or something. It was a bit of a
0: yeah. I, I don't want it to say. Was... I don't want to say an awakening for for Schiele, but obviously he plays in a very very good club side, and his opportunities for Wales have largely been off the bench. You know, he got Canada. Are you know a not a not a comparable international side certainly not the the side that's over here at the moment and I, I felt like it was a bit of a rude awakening for for Callum Sheedy that it's not all you know it's not all getting loads of time on the ball and choosing whether you'd go for the wiper kick or the wraparound pass you know it's I I don't know it, it was a difficult one uh for Callum Sheedy I thought and I thought Hardy had a rough game as well particularly his first five minutes with you know that was that was was really quite rough and I think his his strength, so that he does the basics so well. You know, I think Hardy, you know, he box kicks very well. His service is normally very good. And all of those things were off. I don't know if it was just a bit of rustiness, but I, f- I found it strange that he didn't start with Thomas Williams. Obviously, he came off the bench. And Hallamain was got the man of the match. It was Thomas Williams. He, he changed that game completely. And yeah. he, he was my man of the match. But I found it strange that he didn't start him because that's been the one thing as things have been moving in the right direction for Wales, we've still not found out who our best nine is. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe Pivac very much thinks that Hardy is the, Hardy is the the best choice there. But for me, for me, that was an opportunity to have that continuity and give Williams the chance of, of, of starting games at nine, because every time he's done it, he's played relatively well and then gone off injured or, you know, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was a bit of a missed opportunity there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think when he has a great, when he has a really good game, he's he's just clearly head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of his game management. That the fact that he he got he he managed to get round the Argentinian scrum and disturb the the disturb um, the the scrum the Argentinian scrum half, and then so we got a scrum and then we scored from that. He made that whole thing happen from it was, first to last it was just commanding really, it was really. it was part Mike
0: Phillips for the first bit and part yeah. Gareth Edwards for the second and yeah. that's what you want in a scrum half and I'm you know I, I I like the fact that there was there was lots of niggle in there and you know spikiness that, that but he, he obviously it.
1: came on the pitch and said I've got to I've got to sort this out and there aren't many players who do that and I'm not sure uh, I think you have to I, he, he almost he almost felt like the skipper of the team <laughs>
0: I find you know, it quite weird as well, because surely, uh, you know, we, we all think of Pivak, again, maybe this goes back to to kind of misconceptions of coaching style, but we all think of Pivak of wanting to play a running game, wants lots of ball players in there, wants people who are fearless when there is an opportunity to go. All of that screams start Thomas Williams, doesn't it? Above above all the other players, yeah. even, even Gareth Davis, who's a very attacking player, We've said yeah, you know, we said this before that his his ascent to, to top class international player was built around his defence rather than his his attack. Whereas it's there's obviously something he doesn't like about Thomas, I think.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because the nine thing, it's almost as if every coach feels like they just have to have a steady, eddy, sort of solid, solid da 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 da, you know, um almost predictably reliable nine. And who then can do the jack you know, the The Jack in the Box moment, but Mm. but again, they have to be able to do ninety eight percent of the time to be come almost predictably reliable. And I I just don't think. I think Thomas just changes games as he demonstrated yesterday. They would have definitely lost that game were it not for his performance. That's why he was man of the match. Yeah, because they would have lost the game. Oh, I doubt. Doubt. and i d- i wouldn't i wasn't i wasn't i've seen obviously y- with you and your sort of tr- social media blackout i i i did bits of under the line looking at, at the b b c website and mm. bits on twitter and things and just people were up in arms even after the you know uh, up in arms going this is sorted out pvac and i I don't think this is that sort of game i i didn't feel anything i didn't feel Maybe I just need to. Maybe I've. Maybe I'm just unemotional because I'm living in England and the, the football is so overwhelming <laughs> that I'm. I've just shut down my emotions. But I just. I just thought I've. It's fine. It's it's what you want to do is have tests against these decent countries. Well, and, and this is a good. This is a good Argentina side.
0: You know, it's not a. It's not a second string Argentina side by any stretch, is it? And obviously Wales are missing. Uh, Alan Wynne-Jones and uh, obviously through injury and then all the other touring Lions, you've got, you've not got bigger or Gareth Davis or um, half pennies missing with injuries, a lot of names out. And so I think all in all, it, it, it again is encouraging in terms of the strength and depth. I just think that there is some of those key selection things that that's, like we've said before, that is the bit that you get judged on as a, Uh, as a a top class international coach less so on a summer tour game like this but when it comes to when it comes to whatever's happening in the autumn because we've got I think we've got the big three in the autumn haven't we yeah so you know again you've you've got to get your selection absolutely spot on and I would very much argue that first up you need to nail down who that number nine is now maybe that's made Pivak's mind up yesterday that he's gone actually okay gave Hardy the opportunity but we know that the kind of imprint that Thomas can make in a game, he's going to be the, the starting nine. Uh, but for me, it would have been about, you know, I, I'd made my mind up on that ages ago and would have been picking him at nine consistently. So he gets that, that exposure there. But these are the, these are the things that these tests are here to iron out on whether I know they're fully, fully internationals, but these are the the opportunities to to figure out what the what the weaknesses are in your squad and, and where you need to shore up. So you're right; it's not it's not the same as a you know as a as a Six Nations or an autumn awesome international game, is it? Or even just a test against South Africa or someone. No. And that's no disrespect to Argentina. It just no, no,
1: no. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have that same. But that's intensity. what it. That's what it's there for. It's there for Ben Carter to go. Oh, hello. This is quite difficult. Mm. Uh, it's there for 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 players who are just you know. Who are just finding their feet, who are they're not going to find their feet unless they get the opportunity yeah. to get knocked back a bit and then come back for more. And, um, I, it was, I uh, for me, it, it, it felt a bit like also losing Wainwright. Oh, Seems you can a big, you,
0: big loss. You can really? only imagine how excited I got that break in the first whatever it was, oh. 10 minutes. I was like, there was a split second, I was like, he's going go to go the length, he's actually going to, he's actually going to score. And, uh, he's he's coming back to his best form now that's and to be fair credit where it's due it was very much pivac's idea to pick him at eight and i'm completely converted on that now because he's quick he's quick and dynamic and he seems to i think actually that that probably is the long-term future for him and it made a big difference and also as brilliant as josh turnbull is i kind of thought that you know Turnbull was on there as kind of second row cover mm-hmm. and he came on and made a turnover straight away which was which was brilliant and he generally had a fantastic game he was a great player but the balance of that back row shifted a bit because you lost that you lost that dynamism then you've got the the hard hitting of Moriarty Turnbull just again dog 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 which is great and then you've got both of them I suppose for that athleticness but I kind of thought in losing Wainwright, you lost a player who, again, is is adding you a lot of um, a lot of explosive go forward, and you're not going to get that from from Turnbull. I, I think really you probably should have should have gone and backed Basham there and just said I would you're agree, the back yeah. you're the back row cover. We're going to have and do you know what I think I like Jim Batham, um, but personally I think Basham's a better player. I think he has more potential uh, because of his again. Cardiff fans will probably disagree, and, and maybe it's just being been a one eyed dragon fan on this but i think there's and again he Basham himself made mistakes but i think he is he's explosive an explosive athlete as both of them is but he's better over the ball um, and i just think that that would have been the that would have been the decision to say right you know i'm backing you here whereas again does that leave a little bit of doubt in Basham's mind that i'm the back row cover here the number 8 has gone off and you've opted to to switch yes. the second row cover to 8
1: so uh, yeah, I don't know. That for me was a mistake, but yeah, it didn't right look the, the the back row didn't look. Uh, but uh, that said, obviously they th- they were getting schooled by the Argentinian pack for 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 a lot of that game anyway. So it was very you know until they got them into their pick and drive kind of uh, sort of mentality. I just want to. I also want to just say the best name in international rugby ever. Oh, go on. Go on, G- Ger- Geronimo de la Fuente. <laughs> I,
0: I, mean, hadn't real- I hadn't realised. That's the first my name is
1: Geronimo. That's, incredible. That's, my, that's that's my yeah. That's the best porn star, uh, <laughs> or you know, that is just the best rugby name ever, Geronimo <laughs> de, la Fuente.
0: de la Fuente. What's fu- Fuente? What does it mean as well in Spanish? I don't know, but
1: uh, but Geronimo with a J. Oh, that than... is incredible, isn't it? That's Geronimo
0: it's... de la Fuente. Yeah, that's that's borderline unbeatable. I think. As yeah. uh, as fantastic names go, but yeah, it's um yeah a, a straight again another strange test match in a very very strange period yeah. of rugby. But Will Rowland's good. I thought he had a good game actually. Again, I think he's putting his hand up as you yeah. know with with Ball and Hill and presumably for a little while Alan Win Jones out of contention. Yeah, um, that I think he's putting his hand up as a as a as a real contender there again. Rob- I, yeah, sorry, yeah. go for it.
1: Ross looks it still looks sharp. Yeah.
0: I don't that's, like this passing the ball. He's, he's suddenly <laughs> develops. What's yeah. it? Ross Moriarty in the back line with space, run at someone and hit him really hard. I, I kind of, I did feel like we went, uh, we went wide a little bit too quickly, actually, when, particularly when it's, when it's Ross doing it, I was like, no, head down full, full speed, clatter into people over the game line. I thought we got that wrong. And obviously we were getting, we were getting turned over oh, so easily so. that, um, in, in the wide channels in particular that I, I think we kind of got that that game plan wrong but he's looking super sharp and he's uh, he's enjoying, enjoying his rugby again clearly you can see who was it when um, it must have been when Tomas scored but they kept showing the replay of him just going fucking come on <laughs> and, uh, and you know again it's like that's what you want in Ross Moriarty I just want the guy Fired up. We said three years ago when they when they won the back to back tests in Argentina. And he, do you remember he got sent off? Yeah. I, thought, I almost don't know if you can tame that bit from him because he's just when he's when he's playing his best, he's super fiery and super combative, and um, he's a great option. But again, these yeah. these there's so many options in the back row that you think that when everyone's back, he might not even get in the match day twenty three.
1: Yeah. Um, Jonah didn't quite get enough of the ball but
0: yeah uh, he, he didn't um, again I I don't I don't think that uh, of the two, of the two wingers I mean Lane got a lot more ball and perhaps didn't quite in- Okay, I'm going to really piss off Cardiff fans here. But everyone everyone says, I, I get so much feedback on this that says that we're... Feedback
1: in, in, in feedback, inverted in
0: commas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> loads of people have said that they think we're massively Cardiff-centric on this. And I think, uh, so I don't know, maybe I'm just readdressing that. I thought Owen Lane looked a little bit, a little bit laboured. And I'm a big fan of his. I like yeah. him a lot. But I wonder whether it's just that extra percent up to test match level where he looks more of a, he looks more of a center, although I've never seen him play center or the only no. once or twice. It's the um, great,
1: it's the great mystery of, of modern rugby is that we've all made Owen Lane a center. Who's I know, uh, who never a, plays there. No, <laughs> but yeah, homes homes to me on the, the, the glimpses that he did get.
0: And the, you know, again, I've, uh, there's no secret. I'm much of a, a fan of his. I am now, but I think he looks every bit the international winger. He, you know, again, he's not going to get in the 23 when everyone comes back, when, you know, when, when Liam and LRZ and, um, and Josh Adams are back, he's, he doesn't get, you know, he might, he might sneak onto the bench, but yeah. he's, he looks every inch international winger to me. And I think if he'd have had a bit more ball, um, then I think he, he could have, uh, yeah, he could have caused a, caused a bit more trouble. Um, again, I don't know whether it was a missed opportunity to play him at 15, possibly, don't know, might be, might be thinking, might be getting that wrong again, Hallam Amos, you know, he had a, his best game in a, I think in either a red or a blue shirt for a while. And he's definitely a 15 over a winger, certainly yeah. at international level. I just, again, it's um, it's a tricky one whether, you know, I think you know what you're going to get with Hallam Amos, don't you? And I, and I think that is kind of, these are the test matches that he's tended to put in. His best performances are against Argentina or, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, um, not that Argentina are a lesser opposition. I think his best performances have come against Argentina and some against lesser opposition as well. So it's it's a tricky one. I think he's at an interesting phase in his career now where, you know, how does he kind of kick on? And I think the first thing for that is, you know, he's really nailing down a nailing down a starting berth at, at Cardiff, which I'm still not sure he does. If if Cardiff are playing their best side is Halame Moss in it. I don't know. God, I'm yeah. gonna get yeah, I'm gonna get pelters from Cardiff
1: fans for this. But uh, No, but it's really difficult. It is difficult because he's been He's almost the the signature peripheral player. You know, he's been there or thereabouts for such a long time now, and I, I, that's no reason to go. Oh, we're bored of you. Yeah. Let's get somebody else in. But it does it does ask questions about all the young. We were so excited when the squad was announced because there were lots of mm. young players, and maybe the maybe it's enough for them to get. Training time. Maybe they don't have to get game time, but my gut feeling is it would be it, it yeah. would be instructive at some point to put them in a, in the in at least in the twenty three. So. It would, but then
0: yeah, you know, you, you think about that and go right. We got out of dodge and got a twenty-all draw against the fourteen-man Argentina. If we'd have gone with a load more, you know, let's say we, yeah. with, with Holmes at fifteen and Tom Rogers on the wing, that's you know again you're losing whatever it is thirty odd worth of. Exp- 30-odd caps worth of experience from Hallam Amos there. You're you're already shorn of the the um, the experience of Halfpenny, which we didn't mention on last week's show because we only spoke about the Lions. But God, that guy has some cruel luck. You know, like minute one into the game, you just thought the, it's the first time any fans have been allowed. He's played in front of any fans for any period of time. And that happens, which again, has happened to him on that pitch in a nothing game before. I was there that game against Italy and it's just yeah you really feel for the guy and I just hope I just hope he's able to make a recovery because he's had so many awful injuries from yeah from torn ACLs to repeated concussions again he's a guy he's a guy who does not get enough credit for the huge performances he's putting in a away in a whale shirt
1: well and also the the fact that for, for a while we were wondering whether he could ever get back. And I don't think ever anybody ever said, Oh, you know, half penny gets an easy ride or half penny's dialing it in, or, you know, even when it came to Scarlet and everybody's going, Ooh, it's not really happening. And then he, he's redisco- he rediscovered his form and that's just amazing. A player who, We've almost followed every single game he's played since he was nineteen years yeah. old, and it's been it has been emotional. He's had some amazing times, and he's been the best fullback in Britain. Yeah. he has been the he's been the most reliable person that you would put your house on since Neil Jenkins to to kick kick the vital goals. And then he's had. Re- and then he's had. Not so much dips in form, but just because of his injuries has never you know and and to to come back in the last eighteen months or twelve months and play so well uh, and maybe not okay he's not tearing through the the midfield like he used to, but he's still you know you admire him now for those he's still. Touchline corner flagging tackles and still he's incredible. Really, like, I, I know just- it's it's so it's kind of like it's
0: so difficult because I think he's been a victim of the fact that he was so good at, and looked so composed at the age of nineteen, and it wasn't you know the, the bit we all got excited about was his pace and you know those breaks he used to make were just incredible. Whether he was playing on the wing or at fullback, were just awesome. But then that injury in fifteen that that must have affected him in terms of his the, his ability to. Um, to have that turn of pace and to reinvent yourself, and just build on those brilliant defensive credentials that he's always had, but just make himself an out-and-out out fifteen and do a brilliant job there. I, it would be such a shame for this to be, you know, for this to be his his last game. Not that I'm I'm suggesting it. Either. You just you just wonder now with all the competition that there is in the back three and another big injury to have to come back from another set of surgery. I, I just really hope it's not because I would love him to get. It's to sign off on his own terms, not on a not on a,
1: a horrible injury like that in a largely meaningless game. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things about the great Welsh internationals of recent years that they do it on their own terms. They yeah. have done it on their own terms. you know there hasn't been anybody who's been sidelined for quite a while now. Do you what, think? What I, you, I don't
0: know. Like, I, I think about Jamie Roberts. He certainly didn't get to go on his own term. Yeah, you know, ninety stranded on 94 yeah, caps. And, yeah, that's a really good point, actually.
1: Uh, I never, yeah, never thought of Jamie. You know,
0: whereas Martin Williams, they awarded a, you know, they, they gave a cap to the, to a Barbarians game so he could take yeah, the time, yeah, didn't they? And good point. Yeah, yeah you're uh, right
1: there, Actually, So what, yeah, so what would one. you, um, what would you do next? next for the second test against argentina yeah it's a great point um
0: i mean look the, i think the back row whenever you have a bad performance at the breakdown the, temp, the temptation is to point it at the back row and say that the back row balance was wrong i think that back row balance was wrong but i don't think that's why the only reason why we struggled at the breakdown. Ellis Jenkins was on the, the S4C English comms. And I listened to that. And obviously, he knows a thing or two about breakdown play. And he was saying a lot of it was because we were isolated and the outside backs weren't able to clear out. And I think that's a, re- that's a really interesting point. For me, it's as much game plan as anything else. Like I was saying there, I think we were in too much of a hurry to get wide. And I would like to see Ross truck it up the middle a bit more and um, and try and get over the gain line before looking to... Um, to hit those outside backs. Personnel change. uh, Yeah, I do think the back row needs looking at, I don't know what Wainwright's injury was and um, I I don't know, my guess is if he's gone off after 20 minutes, he's probably not going to be fit for next week. So I think we need to have a serious look at that. And again, who's going to play eight now? Realistically, uh, you know, it's a tricky one. Um, But I would be looking at maybe moving Ross to eight and then Hmm, another yeah maybe another fetcher maybe it's maybe it's starting with with Basham in there um god I've forgotten who's in the bloody squad now to be honest it's so hard to keep up with everything um but yeah I think the back row needs a little look at and then um in the backs to keep things the same probably I don't think there's a huge amount a huge amount of point other than changing Thomas at nine that would probably be it I don't think wholesale changes would necessarily help um Dylan Lewis, I thought, struggled at scrum time, which didn't yeah. which didn't help matters. I think matters.
1: the front the front row didn't. Well, yeah, Dylan Lewis really struggled, didn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah so I'd be tempted to maybe look at Leon, um, at, at tight head. Um, but again, yeah, I know people say Leon Leon Brown isn't the strongest scrummager. It's not the biggest part of his game, but I think he's. I think he is showing m- more signs of improvement in that regard. Obviously, yeah. he doesn't offer the same over-the-ball threat that that Dylan that Dylan Lewis does. So, uh, I, th- I think that's a tight call. I'd have no problem if they start with Dylan, but also I'd, I'd be tempted to have a little look at Leon starting there. So, yeah, a few a few changes. I don't think wholesale
1: ever ever particularly helps. What about yourself? Yeah. No, I feel the same way. It just feels I I, I I'd agree with Leon because I think that it you can only groom a player for international rugby for so long without just giving him the same as you, your, uh, your Thomas argument. Can we not just give, I'm not saying, you know, Dylan Lewis is great, but Leon has been, we've talked him up as somebody who we, we think can make a contribution over a period of time. Let's give him two or three games or let's, let's, at the very least let's start him and see how he gets on. Because again, we have to think about this as an experimental Uh, period and like you said there's a ton of players who are going to come back so you know let's not try and make it the performance is important but it it does feel it doesn't feel like the crazy uh, the crazy autumn games where we seem to have no direction and no clue or, or no idea of what we were doing and obviously they've been the coaches were proved right in that they were they were trying to bed in new ways of playing and this is, that. this was just, it was a, it wasn't a great performance by any means, but it, it, it feels like you've just got to keep on going really. And, but you've got to, yeah, you, you, I think you've got to put some of those players in positions of pressure in order for them to see whether they're, mm. they've got the right stuff or not. And that's the most important thing for me. Yeah no I agree I agree
0: I I'm just very quickly going to uh um Take the edge off the uh, the the anti Cardiff. Uh, it's not an anti Cardiff, <laughs> but the perceived anti. You're really worried about this, aren't you? You're clearly worried. It's such about. a hard. Th- it's such a hard thing to balance with. Uh, you know, with with four set of fans, particularly when it comes. When yeah, it comes but to you
1: you bigging up Thomas. It's okay. Am, oh,
0: that's right. I am bigging up Thomas, but I will also say that I think we missed an opportunity uh, by not having Domachowski in the squad because I think he's been brilliant all season and gives you that nuts and bolts and. I don't know whether you know whether he'd have started over uh, whether I'd have started him over nicky smith but I do think he's a player who I'd have had a look at to see whether this guy is international class or not because he's been so good for cardiff he's kept reece Carey out of the, the side um but but there we go that's uh, that's one and I'm I'm going to finish on a couple of reviews here yesterday right now, this is <laughs> this is an interesting one. There's a Cardiff bias. <laughs> no, this is this is one where um, uh, I've, I've got i I've got to give you a bit of a bashing live on air here, right? Oh great. This is one from a few weeks ago. Um, from Die F, who just says poor research and knowledge of Astelafera alumni, right? One, John Harson did not go to La Fera. To um, me? apparently not. They've produced more players than Tavis Noyle, both Brew brothers, Lynn Jones,
1: Derwin Jones, Christian Phillips. Derwin Jones is two years below me. He, I don't, he doesn't count as a rugby <laughs> player, with all due respect. Oh God, I'm really yeah. It's all right. He's not. A, he's not a big bloke anyway. Either is he? No, it? it's oh. not. Um, so there we go. I, I thought... didn't know the Brews went to a Slavira. Wow. Oh, um, well, I didn't. So, Derwin Jones. Who else did he say? Uh, Derwin Jones, both Brew brothers, and Christian Phillips. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I Stand corrected. I mean, you know, I'm from. I'm from. I'm from Swansea, you know. I went to Lavera, but uh, my, you know, the, the, I yeah, I, I. It was a long, long time ago. I totally stand corrected there. Schooled well, properly.
0: There we go. Well, I, I did feel schooled because I thought, well, obviously, I'm very conscious of me sounding as uh, sounding as home counties as I do. I thought, oh well, this this will be all right. We've got we're we're safe in the hands. We're safe in the hands of Yeston here, and uh, apparently, di- apparently, Where did did Hartson
1: go to school then? I wonder.
0: I'll have to look it up. Okay. Um, And and then this one, some, some criticism that's thrown at me, but also uh, with a five-star review. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, It says, can't believe you got rid of traffic at the end of, uh, at the end of uh, the show. Gutted. That's a temporary change for the moment. Traffic will return when we go back to the normal season. We've just got one the wall in for uh, for its ninety seven lions connotations. So uh, there we go. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's it on the reviews front. If you want to write okay. a nice a, a nice review. Um, because I much prefer getting those. My my fragile ego much prefers getting those. Or indeed, if you want to slag us off for uh, anti Cardiff bias or whatever it might be, uh, please make sure you do it on iTunes.
1: I can I can yeah corroborate. a Gavin in and Gowerton was where Hartson went to to school. Um, which didn't it was I'm so old that it didn't have, that school didn't actually <laughs> exist when I was I was when I was young. So yeah
0: okay. You're off. You're off the hook, Yestin. You're off thank the you hook. Thank you very much. In, in my eyes, anyway, whether or not whether or not Di F is coming back or not, we apologise. Die. we'll get. We'll get. Make sure uh, we'll make sure we have a, we have a better better research going forward. It's my my yeah, fault yeah. for letting that slip through the net. Um, yeah. But thank you for listening, Yestin, Thank you for giving up your your Sunday morning to chat to us. Um, and of course, we'll be back to talk whatever mad rugby has has happened in the next uh, in the next seven days whether or not the lions tour gets cancelled or indeed alan win jones makes a miraculous recovery and, uh, and ends up playing for them we'll be back to cover all of that with you and finally a quick thanks to our sponsors at so coffee trades if you want to get some great quality coffee you can do that at so thanks for listening
1: Podcast Network.